The Breakdown Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies telling you what you need to know regarding politics breaking it down politics and welcome to another episode of politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Merck do your thing what's up what's up and uh hold on let me get my timer here so I don't run up at the mouth for too long. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we just gonna jump right into it. You know, um, yesterday was the Super Bowl and uh, Tom Brady won again. He won his seventh NFL title, seventh ring. And basically Tom Brady is the epitome of America's values, which is basically, if you make enough money for the family or for the right people, you could do whatever you want to, and people will just gloss over it like it never happened. Caught cheating multiple times? That's okay. You f- you're putting the butts in the seats, so we'll uh, we'll just let it slide, you know. Lance Armstrong, Marion Jones got all their titles taken for cheating. Tom Brady, yeah, he just won a seven title. So America, uh, I don't even know what to say about it anymore, you know. Are you talking about Deflate Gate? Yeah, well, not just that, but I mean, and and I will say this: the Deflate Gate was basically Tom Brady, but everything else was pretty much uh, his coach. But you figure, uh, I mean, how could you be stealing signals and then your quarterback not know about it? You know, or or the other players for that matter, you know. But whatever, that's in the past. That was yesterday. <laughs> Let's talk about today and tomorrow. Uh, I will say this. I, I am a fan of Chuck Schumer's, even though it's all for pretend, even though it's because he doesn't want to get primaried, his whole new woke movement thing and actually pretending to care about people, it's actually starting to work out. I mean, AOC and Chuck Schumer are going to uh, do something for New Yorkers where um, low-income New Yorkers who were affected by COVID and had people die they're trying to get a uh, fund together to help them pay for funerals. Funerals are expensive if you don't have insurance, uh, like life insurance, I should say. Like when my niece died last year, my brother had to take out a GoFundMe to pay for a funeral. So funerals are expensive, you know? And especially now with people suddenly getting sick, you know, suddenly dying over COVID, you know, it could leave a huge financial drain on your family you know, to, to properly bury a loved one. So this whole thing that they're doing, I, I'm all for it. And this whole thing that, Ch- that Chuck Schumer is pushing for. We talked about the whole thing before, Blue, about the student loans, right? About basically, if we're not going to get all our student loans wiped, that if they're going to wipe 50 grand out of everybody's student loans, because I know they wanted a means tested and make it like for people earning over 150,000. Now they just want to shave 50 grand off of everybody's student loans. Now, here's the thing, okay? I crunched some numbers from the Brookings Institute that they had, right? And it's a little, well, the, the execution is a little bit wonky. This is my fault, but bear with me. So you have like the percentage of borrowers and then you have the percentage of the actual debt. There was $1.5 trillion 
in student loan debt across the entire country. So you figure for P, I don't know, you know, if you have outstanding student loans, Blue, but for me and, and Odie, we are in the forty to fifty-nine thousand dollar range, right? So you figure in that range, it is nine percent of all borrowers are in that range, and that accounts for fourteen percent of all the student loan debt. So when you say fourteen percent, you're just like, oh, whatever. It's only fourteen percent, but you have to remember that's fourteen percent of one point five trillion dollars. You know. And you figure the people who owe which, two, which equals what? I, I didn't do that math, <laughs> but just think. Just well, think. I don't even know if my mouth and my calculator can do a trillion. Let me see. Nope. Yeah, I can. Okay, there it go. There it go. Okay, fourteen percent times point eighty six. No, I did it wrong. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but figure, but figure it like this: even people who owe two hundred thousand—it's nothing. It's fourteen billion. It's fourteen million. That's nothing. No, it's more than fourteen million. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Fourteen billion, mother. That's a lot. That is, and that's just one Probably. segment of of the debt. You know, so one shiver, one sliver. <laughs> <laughs> so you figure. Fuck. People who owe I take that. I, I, I follow in the 150,000. I'm great. I'm good then. Let's, let's do it. I still owe about 19,000 though. And that's the thing. For a lot of people, it would make it manageable, right? That you could pay it off in your lifetime. So you figure the people who owe 200,000 or more, it's only 2% of the borrowers, but they owe, but because of how much they owe, they're at 14% of the total debt. So it might not help them as much as it would help everybody else. But if my math is right, and then it won't be totally right because there's one section where I had to just say, okay, I'm gonna lump you in there, but it wouldn't be that whole section. If they came out and they said, listen, we're gonna shave $50,000 off of everybody's student loans, right? Basically, it would cover about 80 to 86% of all, no, well, 80 to 86% of all people who have student loans, it would wipe out their student loans. And you figure if their student loans are wiped out, then they could participate in the economy. They could buy houses, they could buy cars, you know, they they can invest. They could do things give that me could a quick give me a quick rundown of the um, automobile bailout. And then I want you to give me a quick rundown of the um, housing bailout. And then I want you to give me a quick rundown of the banking bailout. Give me a quick one-minute blurb on each so I can see something. All right. I'll give it, I'll, I'll do my best. With the housing market, we talked about that, I think, last week, about the whole um, GameStop thing. When the banks went under by basically supporting these uh, credit default swaps because they thought that, uh, oh, yeah, the, the, uh, the housing market is fine. So if these idiots want to just pay, pay premiums uh, on these credit default swaps, then we'll take their money. And then when the housing market collapsed, they got soaked. They had to pay out all those, uh, all those payouts, which cost them billions of dollars. So of course, they came out there with their hat in their hand and they were like, you know, 
can we please have money? We're too big to fail. And then they actually went ahead and gave them the money, our money, taxpayers' money that had to pay for those bailouts. For the automotive bailout, I will say one thing. I wouldn't even call that a bailout for one reason. Uh, because the auto, the auto industry paid it back. They paid it back early and they paid it back with interest. So I wouldn't even call that a bailout. I would just call that a loan. Now, the one thing I thought that was funny about that was that they were trying to get a private industry to help out. And they were like, no, they even tried to get Mitt Romney's company, Bain Capital, to help out. And they were like, no. And then they did it fully through the government and it worked and it worked well. And then Mitt Romney came out there when he was running for president talk about, uh, he tried to take credit for it. And they were just like, dude, you said no. <laughs> so how are you taking credit for this? You know. And then what, what was the last one you said? Because you said the automotive, you said the banks, and then you said, um, it was one other bailout you mentioned. Was it banking? Oh, you said banking. The banking was the house. No, that was the banking housing. Automobile housing and banking. Okay. Did you explain that? Yeah, I, I think the house and the banking were kind of like lumped in together. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then I answered them all then. Yeah. Now we'll we didn't get we didn't get so we didn't get so much rigmarole or pushback regarding those. And that was it's not like it was it's like if you think about it, it's all our money anyway in a way. We're gonna have to pay it back anyway. Just give it to us now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, it all comes down to a matter of uh, who's oh, getting- one more question. One more question. Yeah, I'm yeah. Have it. That's all my questions for today. I'm lying, but I just be saying shit just to be saying it. <laughs> um, when we got the stimulus check, I, only know, I know how much the American people got across the board, which across six months equals less than minimum wage. I mean, equals minimum wage at six months for six months worth of um, Anyways, I digress. Um, what was where did the most of the money go for the stimulus check? Then they go to businesses. It was supposed, go to countries. Well, well, that's the thing. It was supposed to go to businesses. Some of it for um, you know people who, you know who are getting laid off and, and stuff like that. But a lot of major companies ended up taking that money. They didn't really means tested all that well. So you had a lot of companies who really had plenty of cash and could erode it through who were taking money that they weren't supposed to take. You know, Now, what are they gonna tax them for it on the back end? We don't know. But I mean, they barely pay taxes as is anyway, so that won't even help, you know? So, uh, and I think there's still money in that account that other businesses like small businesses are having a hard time getting a hold of. But there were a lot of businesses that closed permanently because of the pandemic, you know? And uh, as a matter of fact, I was gaming with some friends yesterday and they were talking about how all these small businesses in their area closed down because of the pandemic and they're never gonna open their doors again. And then you got, you got companies like Tesla taking money, you know, that they don't like, uh, you figure right now, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos flip back and forth daily on who's the richest man in the world. And they're taking money that's meant for other businesses. They just don't care. Yeah. 
but you figure the economy is stronger when everybody can participate. You know, if there's only like 1% of people participating, then the economy is not strong at all. It just becomes a, a rich person circle jerk, you know, where they just massage each other's prostates over how rich they are all the time, as opposed to having, because you figure when America was its strongest is when the rich were getting taxed and it was going into social, uh, social programs, you know, and helping the middle class, you know, they had strong unions and that's when we were at our strongest. Now, and that all ended in, uh, in the 80s with Ronald Reagan, when he took the, the top marginal tax rate down from 70% to 28%. And from then on, everything was just crappy for the middle class. You know, they're, they're, they're piled in debt. It's absolutely ridiculous. And part of that debt is student loans. You know, like you're starting your new life between I don't know, fifteen and sixty thousand dollars in debt, and then what are you gonna do? Buy a house? Yeah, that's not gonna happen. But if they came out with that fifty thousand dollars, and you know, put it against people's accounts, then basically, at least eighty percent of the people who had loans, they'd have their loans wiped out. The other 20%, it would make them manageable. Now, here's the thing. If you owe $200,000 and now you only owe $150,000, that's still a quarter of your debt gone. So it's nothing to sneeze at even if you owe two hundred grand. Now, here's the thing. This part is just my opinion. This is not based on any polling or anything else like that. If the Democrats were to pull this off with the student loans, right? And even if in the next two years, they don't even have a floor vote for Medicare for all, but they were able to get this student loan thing done and wipe those people's debts. The 2022 midterms are in the bag. It's a done deal. You understand? If they get this done, because here's the thing. Now you would figure, okay, Obama did Obamacare and they still got decimated in 2010 in the midterms. Why? Because they had a supermajority and that's all they got done. That's all they got done because the Republicans were dragging them down. And that's how the Republicans do things. Because you figure, did the Republicans win big in, 20, uh, in 2010 because they did a whole bunch of stuff? No, they won big in 2010 because they dragged the Democrats down, bogged them down with a whole bunch of stuff and then turned around and it was just like, see, they didn't get anything done. You should vote for us. And that's what happened. People were angry at the Democrats and they voted them out of office. You know, those years, the Democrats got decimated. But if they get this done, right? And they, and then especially, oh my God, if they get this done and get rid of the filibuster and could just pass up seemingly at will, Oh, it's a done deal for the, for the Republicans because the Republicans have no plan. They have nothing. All they could do is hold the Democrats back, obstruct them, and then use that to get back into and get to get back into power. So if they do this and they don't even have to have a floor vote by 2022 for Medicare for all, they get this done it's a wrap.
2022 is in the bag. And then they could worry about 2024 when Kamala Harris runs for president. But if they fuck around and they let the Republicans drag them down, 2022 is going to uh, is going to be a bloodbath. And they know it. So, but but Joe Biden just has that whole Republican vibe to him. Like he's, he, he still cares what these stupid sons of bitches think. You figure the first day in office, Marjorie Taylor Greene actually had articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. Now, did they go anywhere? No, they did not go anywhere, you know, but just the fact that they, that they let her file those articles of impeachment was just fucking stupid because it goes against the Republicans' plan of seeming like normal human beings. And if they come out there and just act like a bunch of knuckle-dragging mouth breathers, it's going to make Joe realize, hey, I can't work with these people. You know, we got that slim majority. I'm just going to lean on Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, and let's just use that 51 uh, tiebreaker to just keep to just keep passing stuff. I'll give you a case in point. Right. You want to talk about the. Uh, let me uh, let me skip ahead here. I'm a little bit all over the place here, so don't mind me. But you figure. The survival payments, let's stop calling them stimulus package payments, because I, I, I've, I've gotten into that a lot. You know, everybody has, you know, they call them because that's what the news keeps calling it. They keep calling it stimulus package. That's what the politicians call it. They call it stimulus package. It's a, it's survival payments. A stimulus package is what you do when like Obama back in uh 2009 when he had that stimulus package to kept to keep the economy moving after that whole uh, after the collapse that's a stimulus package and actually that stimulus package that he had was not enough he should have doubled that thing you know to get people back into the uh, get the economy moving again but you know it's the first year president mistakes are made but you figure if Bernie Sanders had his way, there would be, he would, I mean, he wants these things to be retroactive going back the last eight months. Because basically there are people who haven't paid their rent in the last eight months. They're relying on these holds, but eventually the holds are going to run out. And then when that money comes due, these people aren't going to have it. They're going to be out on the street. So, this whole notion of, you know, playing politics with these survival payments is absolutely ridiculous. So you figure like this, right, Blue? You figure you have a 50-50 split, but Democrats control, and because they have Kamala Harris, she is the tiebreaker, right? So you figure that would cut the Republicans out so long as they get Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin on board. And Kamala Harris kind of took care of that because she went to West Virginia and Arizona and was on local television out there pleading directly to the people, which Joe Manchin was pissed about. Now, that wasn't the only reason why Joe Manchin folded, right? It was also because the right-wing governor of West Virginia 
also responding to what Kamala Harris said was like, hey, we need this money. We're starving over here. We're eating coal dust for breakfast. We need this money. So Joe Manchin didn't want to get outflanked to the left. So he just said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll vote. So they just said, oh, so the Republicans start whining. And they're like, what, what about bipartisanship? So you had 10 Republicans, most of them goofy ass right wingers who made their own package, which was a third of the money that we were doing because you figure the Democrats package is 1.9 trillion. The Republican package was like 600 billion. So less than a, less than a third of what they were doing. When they had polls on these, you figure 80% of the country wanted the Democratic package. And out of that 80%, uh, two thirds of Republicans wanted the Democratic package because it means $1,400 checks, which they desperately need to stay above water. Now, you figure they came out and they said, okay, well, we're gonna you know, have amendments. So they had some amendments that were like, okay, uh, block stimulus payments to undocumented immigrants. And there were actually eight Democrats who voted in favor of that to have that amendment added. Or overturn Keystone Pipeline, uh, you know, the, over, the overturn, uh, like Joe Biden blocked the Keystone Pipeline. And you figure Joe Manchin and one other senator voted for that. And then there were some amendments that failed, that didn't pass, like stop the packing of the Supreme Court, block stimulus checks to inmates, ban the federal tax on carbon. Like a lot of that stuff they were putting up has nothing to do with survival payments. They just figure, hey, this is a must, this is must pass legislation. We're gonna try to load as much stuff that can't pass on its own on that bill. That's nothing new. They do that all the time. But here's the clincher. They load, they held up the process, right? Put on dozens and dozens of amendments. Those are only examples of the amendments that they put on there. Dozens and dozens of amendments that they voted on, wasting a whole day voting on it. And then when it came time for the vote, let me ask you a question, Blue. How many, how many Republicans do you think voted for the bill? If I recall correctly, zero. None. You are correct, sir. No Republican voted for it. So they held up the works, cried like little bitches. You know, what about us? We're a part of this too. I'm smart too, like a bunch of Fredos. I'm smart too. And then loaded up with pork and then voted against it. So it had to pass uh, through reconciliation with Kamala Harris coming down and being a tiebreaker. Now there's still a lot to do before they get it out there, but they're trying to get it out before the end of next month. Now, I will say this, they should have that, that should have been done already, you know, because they're, they're still messing with these people like these people care. They don't care at all. So why are we even, uh, why are we even entertaining these people? So I, I, I it, it baffles me every single time, you know, it, it's mind boggling. Why 
Joe Biden thinks that these Republicans are just like, well, you know, once Donald Trump's out of office, the fever will break and then they'll be, they'll be back to normal. No, they won't. They've been this way since Reaganomics and before. So there is no way that they're just going to be like, they're like, oh, oh, where am I? Oh, what's been happening the last four years? Was I under mind control from Donald Trump? Now I'm free. Come on, Repub come on, Democrats, let's walk arm in arm down the street. We're friends now. Get the fuck out of here with that horse shit. These people hate you. And they will do everything they can to destroy you to stay in power. Please realize that. Case in point, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay. Now, the fact that she got into office is basically because of a small segment of one state. Okay. Here's the thing. If you vote in your local elections, or even if you voted in a presidential election, right, you'll notice in your ballot, and this is just basic, you know, civics 101 stuff, right? But there's a point to this. I want you to bear with me. Like, for instance, in my own state of North Carolina, right, no matter where I live, if I had a ballot, the ballot would be for, you know, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and then it would be for um, Tom Tillis. Well, they're not running this year, but just as a, as a point, it'd be Tom Tillis, and then it would be, um, no, Tillis ran and he won. It was Richard Burr that's not running this year, right? But it would have, the, it would have both of them on there if they ran at the same time. Right. And because they are because uh, the Senate is statewide. So no matter what district you're in, they're going to be on that ballot. Now, for the House of Representatives, you know, it's statewide. It's not really statewide. It's basically based on your area. So Marjorie Taylor Greene was basically elected by the 14th district of Georgia. OK, so we can't just throw the whole state away just because one section of a, you know, of a bunch of uh, moonshine swilling jagoffs decided that they were gonna put Marjorie Taylor Greene in office. Now, when you vote for someone, you, you're voting for someone that reflects your values. And you are allowed to forgive someone if they actually did something for you. Mary and Barry, I use, them all, I use that example all the time because I used to live in Maryland, not the, I used to work in DC. And if you say something bad, about Mary and Barry, you're gonna get an earful. <laughs> you know, because, and people will rattle off everything he did for DC while he was mayor. Everything. So, oh, hold on. Oh, it's giving me that option. I'm gonna take the option. And there she goes. Welcome, Mercedes. Hey, guys. They, they, they let me DJ today. You, you're, you popped up and I was like, Mercedes is waiting. I'm like, oh, okay. I can't keep her waiting. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I'm here now. We, we were just talking about, uh, about your favorite person in the whole world, Marjorie Taylor Greene. We just Who? <laughs> Everybody's favorite QAnon uh QAnon rep, Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
you you figure, and we were just talking about how we can't just throw away the entire state of Georgia just because they voted her into office because because she's a rep, she's voted in right. by one section of Georgia, which is the 14th district. Right. So they looked at her and looked at the Democrat and then who was running against her and was just like, you know what? She reflects my values more. <laughs> so we're gonna vote for her. So put it like this, okay? What's Marjorie Taylor Greene about, okay? Uh, she claimed that the shootings at Parkland, Sandy Hook, and Las Vegas were staged. You know, she, uh, you know, that everybody who was killed were just uh, crisis actors. Yeah, um, I've heard that several times to myself. Yeah. Uh, there's a video of her chasing down uh, David Hogg, who was a survivor at Parkland, and uh, and became an activist because he didn't want anybody to go through what he went through. And there was a video of Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, walking behind him, you know, had a cameraman and, you know, she's asking him a whole bunch of dumb questions about the Second Amendment. And he's just like, he's not even paying attention to her. He's just like, I got places to be. And like, and whoever he was with, they were just like, whatever. And, and that is uh, maturity on another level to just have that sea hag walking behind you, talking shit about you. And you're just like, Psh, I got places to be. You know, she also said that Zionist supremacists were secretly masterminding Muslim immigration to Europe in a scheme to outbreed white people. <laughs> she, she was serious? These are her actual... Oh, yeah, yeah, she, she's serious. She said that Nancy Pelosi should be executed for treason. Okay, wow. Uh, there was a video of her. She was about to give a speech and she brought a, a card, a, a life-size cardboard cutout of Donald Trump on the stage. And then wow. he starts fondling the cutout's genitalia. I, I'm not making it up to be funny. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. Wow. Wow. I almost had to pour bleach in my eyes after watching that. I'm like, she is dead serious. Donald Trump looks like a corpse they pulled out of a river and then they slapped a toupee on him and made him president. And she's just like, you know, she's out there fondling his cardboard genitalia like he's like he's fucking Brad Pitt. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me right now. She said that Muslims do not belong in government. And there's a video of her trying to get into the, the Capitol. And this, right. is before, this is before she was elected because Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar are Muslim. So when they swore in, they swore in on the Quran. And she was saying that because they did that, that she's not legit. So she has to swear in on the Bible. Now, if they had read the constitution, the constitution is very big on separation of church and state. So there is no official religion for the United States. Because when the, when the pilgrims came to America, you know, to North America, their whole thing was religious freedom. They wanted to practice their religion as they saw fit. So when uh, the framers wrote the constitution, there is no state-sponsored religion at all. So whatever religion you practice, I mean, if you believe in Scientology and you want to swear in on a, on a stack of L. Ron Hubbard paperbacks, you could do that. 
if you want to there's no law for it yeah no if you want to swear it on 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 a copy of dianetics <laughs> that all that always makes me laugh because they used to run commercials for that book when i was a kid and it was like dianetics by l ron hubbard and then i found out wait the years later i'm like wait a second this dude made a religion and rich people are giving them money yep jesus when I was a I mean, teenager, young teenager, 13, 14 years old, he was actually one of my favorite authors. I heard his books were all right, although one of the worst science fiction movies ever made, Battlefield Earth, was made from one of his books. It was a passion project for John Travolta, who's also a Scientologist. So whenever they talk about like the top 10 worst movies, uh, Battlefield Earth is always in that top five. So I don't know. If it, was it was that bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was that bad. The Jewish space laser thing always gets me because I think she got that from an article where they were going to have like solar panels in space for some reason. And then the, uh, the the article that she saw it in, it was basically like some some rag. I don't even know if it's actually a real website, but she thinks that. And I'm not making this up to be funny because she had a whole Instagram post about this, that basically the Rothschild family, if I'm pronouncing that right, they created a, a space laser, a Jewish space laser, and that Gavin Newsom, who's the governor of, of California, used it to burn down half of California because he wants to clear out all these houses to build uh, high-speed rail. Now, here's a couple of things I, 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 I want to talk to you about. In this whole and that's a far-fetched theory. It, it, it's her theory. It's basically an episode of G.I. Joe where they had like a laser from outer space and then they were trying to like stop the laser. It's an episode of G.I. Joe from the 80s, basically. Okay. Here's the thing. If, first of all, we supply, I mean, we practically pay for, uh, I mean, for Israel's uh, military, we practically pay for it. We give them billions every year for their military. So you would think that if they had a laser in space and they could hit any target, you why wouldn't they just burn down Iran, who was their, like their chief enemies? Why would they waste their time on a scheme to build high-speed rail by just burning down people's homes? I mean, here's the thing. If you have the money to build a goddamn space laser, why couldn't you just buy out people's homes or pay politicians to force them out? Why would you have to build a giant space laser to burn down people's homes to build high-speed rail? So I, I don't think she thought that one through. You know, just to be uh, you know, just just to be kind. Right, you know, because that was a pretty um ignorant assumption and then on top of that wherever she got this theory from oh wow that's that's a pretty strong statement to make and with no logic none whatsoever you know but my point on bringing all this up is not just because they put her in congress talking about the 14th district of georgia it's also the fact that kevin mccarthy who was the uh the house minority leader saw fit to put her on two committees, a budget committee and an education committee. 
And then Kevin McCarthy had the nerve, the unmitigated gall, as my third grade teacher would say, to get on TV and pretend like he doesn't know who QAnon is. He was like, QAnon? Like, QAnon? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't even know who they are. You do know who they are, Kevin. You're full of shit. You're so full of shit, I'm surprised it's not dripping out of your nose and mouth every time you talk. You do know who QAnon is, okay? Because you cater to them to get their votes. Because most of your base is just a roving band of psychopaths. Someone said this today, and I agree with it 100%. Uh, is every Republican uh, a racist? No, absolutely not. But if you're a racist, you're probably going to be a Republican. <laughs> which is, which? I mean, put it like this. Are there uh, racists in, in the Democratic Party? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be a fool if I said that there weren't. But are, are the racists ruling the party? Are the Democratic uh, leadership catering the racists for their votes? No because they're a small percent of the Democratic Party. Now, I know there may be some Republicans listening to this. I doubt it, but if they are, and they're mad, they're probably checking my Facebook page to see what I'm all about. They're probably like, oh, you black bastard. How dare you? You know, maybe some of the rougher ones are probably just calling me, uh, you know, maybe some of the black Republicans are, are like doing some projection and they're calling me a coon or a jigaboo. Talk about I'm, I'm the one buck dancing. Buck dancing for MSNBC, which I don't watch, by the way. <laughs> but the only thing, they could call me all the names that they want to, but the only thing that they need to know is that I'm right. And I'm not right because I'm some avant-garde, ahead of the curve guy. I'm basically just telling you what I see. That's it, okay? I'm not you know, putting together these major strategies or anything like that. Basically, all this stuff that Marjorie Taylor Greene that's out there is either on a video that she posted or on an Instagram post that she posted. Okay, there's no deep journalism in this. There's nobody, you know, planting bugs in her office and, you know, sifting through her trash to figure this shit out. She put it all out there for us because that's who she is. That's exactly who she is. What's the old saying, Mercedes? Uh, if someone shows you who they are, if someone tells you who they are, believe them. You know? And that's exactly who Marjorie Taylor Greene is. You know? But here's the thing, okay? Pelosi did something that actually pretty much impressed me. And she actually showed some spine. And that's not something that I normally say about Nancy Pelosi, okay? She actually showed some spine out there. And she basically told Kevin McCarthy, um, if you don't take her off these committees, we're gonna have a vote and take her off the committees. And that's exactly what Nancy Pelosi did. They voted her out. And as a matter of fact, I think 11 Republicans voted along with Democrats to have her removed from her committees. Now, to remove her from office, you know, you'd have to have a good reason. I mean, there is a good reason, but it would have to be a good enough reason to get two thirds of the chamber to vote against you. 
And I don't think they have the votes to do that because the reason why they don't have the votes to do that is because when Marjorie Taylor Greene took the floor afterwards, she got a standing ovation from half of the Republicans in the party. Like all like the ones who were there, they gave her a standing ovation. Yeah. Because that's what they're all about. So how many times are they gonna tell us what they're all about before we actually, before we just believe them and take them at their word? And the, the worst part about her apology is that you figure Ilhan Omar, right? Ilhan Omar made an unfortunate reference. She was talking about um, politicians taking money from APAC, which is a Jewish lobbying outfit, right? And she made a comment, uh, it's all about the Benjamins, which is basically feeding into, at least that's what they say, is feeding into the, the, the trope of Jewish people being like uh, money-grubbing goblins, right? So what did Ilhan Omar do when faced with that? She fell on her sword. She apologized, like a full apology. And like, thank you for this teachable moment. You know, and that was it. But now the Republicans- Hold on, 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 hold on. So let's say I say something and it's called anti-Semitic. But if somebody used that same word and said he was like a black person or a Hispanic person, why is the next treated with the same disdain or have the same equal punishment for it? Now you now you mean like like say if I'm just like uh just singing along the puff daddy, it's all about the Benjamins <laughs> as opposed to No, I'll give you an example. An example, mm -hmm. not a not a declaration by me. Jew, all Jews are all about the money. They control the land and they are fussing your ass to get it. And boom, off the top, it's going to be considered what? Anti-Semitic, right? But right. what if I say the same thing about Puff Daddy, who's black man? I don't get no slack from that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I get what you're saying. I get exactly what you're saying. But, I mean, and you know what? I was going to make a, a point, but I don't think it would be a good point because I have to remember who we are. Because <laughs> I was going to say, you know, talking about like the Holocaust and everything like that. And I was like, wait a second, didn't the cop just pepper spray a nine year old? Uh, I didn't, the, the kid who got pepper sprayed, were they black or Hispanic? The one where the cop was on the body cam doing that. I didn't catch that. But anyway, I mean, all you had to do is just look it, at it. It don't matter what she was, it was a nine year old child that didn't need to be pepper sprayed. Yeah. But I mean, just look at the, the, the trail of, of broken bodies the cops leave behind. You know, Philando Castile, uh, you know, Botham Jean, you know, George Floyd, the list goes on and on and on, you know. So why wouldn't that be, I mean, put it like this, I get exactly what you're saying, you know. But I mean, there was actually, well, no, it was, it was a, I don't know if it was a mosque or a synagogue, but someone burned down a synagogue recently in New York. You know, I mean, people can be irrational with their hatred. You know, they just need someone to hate, someone to blame their, their shitty lives on. And if there is constantly tropes about Jewish folks, right? And they say, well, they have all the money and then they're, you know, they feel like, well, they're just taking money from you, even though it's, probably not true, 
They just need someone to hate. You know, I mean, it's not like black people aren't still getting lynched out here, you know, but. And why did America pay for German Jews reparations and not do so for their own? That's an entire show. <laughs> that is an entire show about reparations, you know, and, and why they're deserved. And here's the thing, I think we should get reparations, but here's the thing, if they go by lineage, I wouldn't even get reparations because my, my, you know, my parents are from the West Indies. Now, yes, there's a whole nother story about how African-Americans got to the West Indies. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I know we don't want to get into this whole pissing contest about who suffered more because African-Americans and Jewish people are still targets of white supremacists and other bigot groups, you know, because I mean, you, you'll, you'll see one story about them burning down a synagogue and then you see another story a week later about them burning down a black church in the South. You know, you'll see one story about uh, Jews getting killed in a, in a deli and then you'll see another one about uh, black churchgoers getting executed. So I don't know why one is held to a higher standard than the other. But, I ain't never heard no story about no Jews getting killed in no damn deli. What the hell are you talking about? I made that shit up to just juxtapose the the, the Dylan Roof thing. <laughs> you know, and I don't know why I said a deli because I'm thinking New York. And I'm and I'm probably thinking New York deli because I'm hungry. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, damn, you know what I haven't had in a long time? Pastrami on rye. You know, but anyway. Uh it's basically just, I, I can't call it. But Ilhan Omar still had to apologize. And she did apologize. She gave a full throated apology and then that was it. And now they're trying to equate her with Marjorie Taylor Greene because now they're saying, well, you shouldn't uh, equate that with things, you know, they shouldn't hold people accountable for things they said in the past. And I'm like, dude, that was three weeks ago. Like, what are you talking about in the past? Like you saying in the past, like he dug up something from like 10 years ago. No, this happened like a year and a half ago. Some of it happened while she was still running for office. So this whole, you know, false equivalency thing does not work. You know, the Donald Trump QAnon wing of the Republican party has taken over. And, and there's no turning back. My personal opinion, Republicans have hit the point of no return. There's no going back for them. It's just gonna be a matter of, will the Democrats be strong enough to put them down? Politically, politically. <laughs> I'm, no, we're not gonna take them out back like old Yeller and shoot them in the head, you know, politically put them down. Because if they get these student loan things done, let's just say, within, let's just say in the course of three months, they get maybe one, maybe two $1,400, $2,000 packages and get this student loan thing off the ground by executive order. It's, it's a wrap. What are Republicans going to do? Especially when you already have for the stimulus package, two-thirds of Republicans want the Democratic package. 
it would be a wrap, you know? But the more Marjorie Taylor Greens that enter the party, the more the Republicans are gonna sink below the waves. Now, I don't wanna see more Marjorie Taylor Greens because these people are dangerous, okay? These are not just conspiracy theory crackpots. They're dangerous people and they need to be treated as such. But we'll see. We'll see if the Democrats have the political force of will to just lay the Republicans to rest politically. And all they have to do is serve the people. And if they serve the people, that's how you convert people over to your side. Not with rhetoric or flowery talk or something like that, with action. So we'll have to just wait and see. Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? Kill the lights, people. Would you stop? <laughs> now you're going to make me break out my best Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live DVD. I wonder if it'll just rip all in one thing. If it's so, I'll just rip a copy, put it in the shared drive for you. So, but uh, I mean, for me, I mean, if I had any final thoughts, it would basically just be, actually my final thoughts from the other day, just echo it again. Uh, if you're on the fence about taking the vaccine, talk to your doctor, you know? If your doctor doesn't know, they'll know someone who knows. But if you're gonna be informed, don't be informed by YouTube videos from the voodoo demon sperm lady. Uh, talk to your doctor and find out what's what. Like I'm actually gonna try to wait to get my vaccination at my doctor's office. Cause I don't wanna have to take off a whole day of work to go sit in wake med. I just wanna go there, get my shot, go home and then just wait for the second one. So, all right. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrix, with Mush Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies and 360 degrees, giving you the news you can use so you don't lose. Can you dig it? Get rid of all these women if you want it Anything you need, baby, let me know Let me know Wanna see that pretty smile We spin around so I can admire
I'll get rid of all these women if you want it Anything you need, baby, let me know Let me know Wanna see that pretty smile We spin around so I can admire you Get rid of all these women if you want it Anything you need, baby